Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, let's go to the bullpen. We already know Edwin Diaz and the importance of him. By the way, I think there's going to be a lot of no's as we go through the bullpen. I think it's going to be very easy. <laughs> Trevor May, you want him back? No. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Um, there's been nothing over the last two years that makes me say, boy, you got to keep Trevor May. It's a nice guy. Let's get, some of the easy, let's get some of the easy guys out of the way. Michael Givens, there's a mutual option on him. Want to run it back with him? How much is a mutual option? I don't think uh, – I forget the money. Not a lot of money. I think it was like $5 million or something. I actually didn't mind him so much. but it, So, yes, if the mutual option is a, is no no-brainer. If it's too expensive, then not let him walk. But if it's like yeah. $4 million, $5 million, yeah. Michael Givens was weird since they acquired him at the trade deadline. Obviously, we were all kind of disappointed that it was Michael Givens, but it seems like his bad performances that ballooned up his ERA was mostly in garbage time, was mostly in blowouts where he was getting innings in. So he that was actually game he, the first game he came into the, the yeah. uh, after the trade in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I was there that day. Actually, made the <laughs> trip down to D.C. Yes. Yeah, I got no issue bringing Michael Givens back. All right, here are the difficult ones Adam Adovino. Their second best reliever in 2022, Adam Adovino. Yes or no? No. Now, is that is that because you think there's no way he can replicate what he did last year? It's because he I, – I don't want to put a price tag to everything, but that's a lot of the intent. I don't think he's going to replicate it. I don't know if he's going to be terrible but because we, we do know how wishy-washy bullpen got, arms can be. But I think he's going to make a decent amount of money because of how he performed at the end of the season. So I would think that I'd, I'd try to go in a different direction. Yeah, I, the way I would look at Adam Adovino is if you bring him back, okay, but you can't rely on him 
to be as dominant as he was this past year. You just, I, that to me is, you can't. And I would have said the same thing about Aaron Loop a year ago when they didn't bring him back. Aaron Loop had a ridiculous year for the Mets in 2021. And there was no way he was going to replicate that. And at 37 years old, after back-to-back mediocre seasons, I, I think, look, Adam Adovino on this team, okay. But I don't think you could look at him as the way and use him the way you used him in 2022 and have the expectations from him that you had in 2022. So I'm not against bringing him back, but we need to have different expectations for him if he is brought back. Right, but again, you have to also understand that he did excel and the price tag goes up, which means that it's not going to be cheap to bring him back. And like you said, there's always going to be a budget. Eventually there's a budget. Yeah, we'll see though. Well, but, but but you know what? Based on that logic, though, Pete, and I'm not saying you're wrong. How are you filling out this bullpen? <laughs> because if we're talking about adding bullpen arms, it's going to be guys who had good years. I mean, what, you're going to want to sign a guy coming off a five and a half ERA. Adam Adovino was coming off a four and a half ERA. And we all looked at him and said, guy's going to suck. Can't rely on him. So guys coming off good years usually get paid. Yeah. The bullpen, I think, is going to be a head-scratcher. I think there's going to make some moves that you're going to say, what the hell? I think, if anything, not saying if anything, because it's not there, they're going to pick up a, a, at least Diaz and or somebody else from free agency. I wouldn't be surprised if they traded for some bullpen arms. Well, and also, they're going to bring in guys who we're going to have no expectations for, who are going to go out and have great years, and vice versa, because... That's what happens. I mean, bullpens are the most unpredictable thing in the world. And to the credit of the Mets over the last two years, here are the two names, Aaron Loop and Adam Adovino. You had two guys in back-to-back seasons have outstanding years that really kind of came out of nowhere. So the other guy, and, and we may disagree about this, but Seth Lugo, do you want Seth Lugo back? No. I 100% want him back. 100% want him back. There is something about Seth Lugo that scares me. And what? I mean this in the way of me too. No, <laughs> I goes in the game. <laughs> a different a very different way. <laughs> Seth Lugo, when he first got the opportunity to pitch out of the bullpen in 2018, was pretty good. He pitches out of the bullpen again in 2019. He's really good. Like We wanted him to be the closer going into 2020. Let's not forget that. He had surpassed Edwin Diaz. And he goes out in 2020. Sucks. Limited sample size. 20 was a weird season. Sucks. And over the last two years, he hasn't been great. He hasn't matched what he was in 18 and 19. But there are moments in which he looks tantalizingly good. In which you see all the movement on that curveball. And you say, boy, he could harness this thing. I think Seth Lugo is primed for one or two monster years out of the bullpen. And it scares me it's going to be somewhere else. And I'll tell you exactly where it's going to be. It's going to be in Houston. They've always loved them there. They know how to harness raw pitchers. Look what they've done with Rafael Montero. Look what they've done with a lot of guys. So you need bullpen arms. The Mets have very few guys under contract. Drew Smith is one of them. Steven Nagosik is another. They don't have a lot of guys. Lugo over the last you know five years has been, I'm not saying he's been consistently good, but he, he's never been awful. He's never been, oh my God, this guy's a piece of, he's never been that. <laughs> so I'd bring him back. 
obviously reasonable contract. Who knows what the money is? And it would not surprise me. Save the damn tape on this. Would not surprise me if he puts together one just monster year out of the bullpen. So bring him back. Is he... And now, listen, the roles are just obsolete at the moment. But would you, if if they didn't bring Diaz back, is he your closer? Nah. Let me tell you something. If they don't bring Edwin Diaz back, there are no good options. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, Kenley Jansen can't be no. your best option. He just can't. And by the way, if Kenley Jansen doesn't give a crap, about recording saves anymore, which I'm sure he does because he's got a lot of them. He probably thinks he can be a Hall of Fame pitcher someday, <laughs> but maybe he thinks that. <laughs> if Kenley Jansen wanted to come in here and be a you know eighth inning reliever, protecting or setting up for Edwin Diaz, fine, I'll bring him in. But I have no backup plan for losing Edwin Diaz because they can't lose Edwin Diaz. Um, so no. <laughs> Seth Lugo is not my backup. Uh, Corey Kniebel is not my backup. Aroldis no. Chapman's not my backup. Craig Kimbrell's not my backup. It's got to be Edwin Diaz, which we talked about. We know that. Uh, building the bullpen, besides bringing these guys back, I'm a fan of taking kind of flyers on guys coming off of injured years or bad years. So I wouldn't, Chapman would scare me. Uh, we saw him a lot with the Yankees. The guy from the Yankees who I would take a flyer on is Zach Britton. That'd be the guy. You know, another year removed from Tommy John's surgery, but that's what adding relievers are mostly going to be like. They're not going to be that many super reliable guys. I do want them to add some lefties. I thought it sucked all year long that they didn't have reliable lefties out of their bullpen. Joely Rodriguez doesn't count. So Andrew Chafin, who has, I think it's a player option, so I'm he not just sure. opted out. He did I, opt out, right? I yeah, I thought I saw you after that today, yeah. Look, they went after him last offseason. So, obviously, there's an interest in him. Andrew Chafin makes sense. Uh, Brad Hand bringing him back makes sense. I know these guys aren't great. Taylor Rogers sort of makes sense. Again, most relievers suck. I, I want to make that clear. Guys who turn out to be great relievers sometimes come out of absolute nowhere. So, when you hear some of these names... I'm not expecting raw excitement. It's just some of the names that they need to potentially bring in to fill out a seven or eight man bullpen. No, I, I so far, I mean, we're in agreement and, that, and that's the point of what, like I was saying, I think you're going to be surprised. Maybe they trade for some guys, but the, the people they're going to bring in, they're going to be head scratchers. And we're going to be like, we didn't talk about this guy or we never, we never wanted to talk about it, this guy. Cause he's terrible. And hopefully they could just, it's an, it's an odd, like almost like an epidemic. I don't freaking know, but like, they just can't get two years in a row relievers. I, I, no, I do outside, outside of the dominant closer. And I think it's been this way for a long time with relievers outside of the dominant, reliable closer. It is a very, very much a year to year proposition. Um, as far as position players are concerned, Mets do not have a lot of position player free agents. Obviously, we did a whole podcast on Brandon Nimmo and you know, how to replace him. There are only two other position players that are free agents. So I'll start with the one that's you know boring. Tyler Naquin. Do you want do you want Tyler Naquin back? Next. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, if they brought him back, we're not complaining. Like you need to fill out a 26 man roster as a left handed hitting, decent fielding 
fourth or fifth outfielder, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's not. So no, I get it. That's but but it's it's minute. So it's like a nothing. There is a club option, and it's not a lot of money for Daniel Vogelbach. Do you want Daniel Vogelbach back on this team? No. Really? That's it? You're done with him? I like him. Listen, I, I've always liked Vogelback. I think he's got pop. But if you're going to go through this stupid process again where it's like we're going to platoon Vogelback with somebody else, I have no time for that. How about get one guy who does it all? No, no. And, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't do that. But as a left-handed bat potentially off the bench, uh, you need depth. Like, we can't just build a team and say, this guy's my starting DH, this is my starting friend, and call it a day. Like, you need guys. There are going to be injuries. So, you know, if, and I'm not saying they're going to do this, but if Jose Abreu becomes their every single day designated hitter, and look, you could technically platoon the two, though I think we'd probably have more confidence in Abreu at this point. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. I think having a left-handed bat that mashes right-handed pitching, even if he's not locked in going into the season as your DH, is still a valuable asset. You're going to pinch hit for guys late in games, and you're going to have injuries late in games. So Vogelback was a – the problem with Vogelback is he didn't hit at the right time. He started slumping at the wrong time. But when you look at his final numbers, he mashed right-handed pitching. So – I'm not looking to get rid of him. I'm just maybe looking at not relying on him as much and well, playing him every single day. They were in a position at the end of the year where he was playing every single day. And that's my concern with this team is you start bringing these pieces back. Is it Are they relying too much of what they their plan was last year that kind of failed but didn't really ultimately fail because they got 101 wins, just didn't take them as far as they wanted it to? So – I feel like there's too much running it back. And if you bring in Vogel back, I just, it, there's just something about him being on the, and here's the other thing too, is he might want to actually have more playing time. Does he want a bench role? Not saying he's, he's this prominent guy, but he could find a job with the pirates. He could find a job with the Royals. Club option. A it's a yeah, club option. You don't have true. a freaking choice. I mean, he's not established enough. If he comes back here and he's a part-time player, he's a part-time player. I mean, he is a part-time player to begin with. I mean, he was the he, he was the left-handed bat as part of a platoon. Um, to me, it's easy. You bring him back. He's not making that much money. Uh, but I think what you do the rest of the offseason will help determine how much playing time he gets. 
I'm enamored with the idea. And look, you want to go out and just sign an everyday designated hitter. That's totally fine. I'm good with it. But I think the right-handed part of a platoon, if that's the route they're going to go, is just simply Francisco Alvarez. Because I think a part of using Alvarez in 2023, to me, the way I envision it, is he catches a lot and he DHs a lot. Because Tomas Nito was really, really valuable defensively. And so I don't think Alvarez, just as a rookie, becomes a 120-game catcher. I don't think he has to, and I don't necessarily think that's the best Met team because defense matters. Now, can Alvarez eventually become a guy who catches 90% of the time? Sure. I, I, I can see it happening at some point, but I envision next year him being a part-time catcher, part-time right-handed DH. That's Which, by the way, still gets a ton of at-bats. I mean, I'm playing him every day. It's just a matter of, am I catching him or am I DHing him? So. That's the way I would view that. But those are the other free agents that we're looking at. And obviously the big decisions are around the starting pitching and the bullpen because their entire bullpen outside of Drew Smith are free agents. Their entire rotation outside of Max Scherzer are free agents. So that's really where the work lies when it comes to retaining their own free agents going into the start of free agency. So I have two other people that I want to bring up to you that are not free agents, but are currently on the roster do you believe that they will be on the roster come opening day? I'll give you the first guy, Darren Ruff. Uh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm afraid that because they gave up J.D. Davis and a handful of minor leaguers, there's a justification. And also, that, that by the way, that's not a good answer. It's I, terrible I'm not answer. And it's a good I'm answer. afraid I, I hate that answer actually, which is the reason why when I presented okay. it from the from the get-go, people were like, Oh, I think the, that they'll easily eat three million dollars. Um no, he he made he made the playoff roster. Right. Well, but 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 more than that, don't you think Darren Ruff is a better baseball player than 152 with a 413 OPS? I think there's better baseball players that are currently going to be free agents. I'm not saying that you're wrong about that. Of course, there's. look, you have a 26-man roster, though. So there are going to be guys who make your roster who are not everyday. I'm not saying he's an everyday player. In fact, I just laid out how my right-handed DH platoon wouldn't even be. It would be Francisco Alvarez. It could potentially be Mark Vientos. But is Darren Ruff as bad as the way he played for the Mets last year? Uh, uh. Debatable. He's not. He it's debatable because who knows? Maybe he it's not debatable it. though because he played in 2020, he played in 2021, and he played in 2022 before he was traded to the Mets. He has a there, there's production, there's stats. He's a Did, better baseball oh wait, player was than 152 Davis, with a was, 400 OPS. Was, was JD Davis more productive up until last year? Yeah. Okay. And wait, I'm traded. sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, rephrase that question. Was JD Davis more productive what in 20 and 21 than Darren Ruff? No, no, in general. Like was he more productive than what his t- totals were before they traded him in 2022? In 2022 his numbers were crap. We all know that. And but in 2020 and 2021, JD Davis was okay, right? Yeah, but he not had- mashing left-handed pitching at the same rate Darren Ruff was. I'm not trying to defend Darren Ruff other than say are we are we throwing him out? Because of 28 games. Yes. Okay, no, look, that's your answer. Honestly, 
and, and and this is my this is my problem is that and you're right is is it is that a smart answer? No, it's not very educated. I didn't really not really going to do the research on it, but I don't think I have to because there's no way that someone could sit there and justify trading four guys for someone who did nothing for us. Yeah, but that's say, done now. That's fine, and and we have a fresh start. But yet you're going to bring the guy back because well, I'm just going to prove to you I was right. Well, no, no, I, that wouldn't be my reason for bringing him back. I'm merely making the point that I don't think he's a 152 hitter. I don't think he's as bad as what he was for the New York Mets. Would I go into opening day with him as an everyday player? Absolutely not. Could I see a world in which he's on the roster? Sure, because I don't think he's as bad as 152, 413 OPS. But if they're going to be able to go out and add a full-time, real-life breathing designated hitter and Alvarez is going to DH a lot and Vogelback's on this roster and you like Mark Vientos, then there's no need for him. And if there's and no need for him, get rid of him. You I'm just, just making the point he's not as bad as what he was for the Mets in the 28 games he played. That's all. You, you just brought, put me back into a, a state of like hell. What? I what? picture uh, June, July, and or August where we're platooning Vogelback and Ruff because somebody got hurt. <laughs> And we couldn't we couldn't well, fill this spot, so all of a sudden we have to do this again. Well, you I can't need, take that. That's Wilpon esque. If guy, that's not Wilpon esque. If guys get hurt, then yeah, you're gonna have to have guys fill in. I mean, oh, that, that's the bro. way baseball is. I, all I'm saying <laughs> is, I'm not even defending Darren Ruff. Like I need the guy on my team. I couldn't give a right. You want to cut him tomorrow? Fine, cut him tomorrow. I'm saying he's not as bad as the way he played for the Mets in 28 games, unless you just believe. Guy can't handle New York. He's a loser here, and that's it. I don't necessarily think that that was it. I don't no. know what the hell it was. No, but I just it just give me nightmares. All right, last guy, last guy, James McCann. Well, I'm glad you brought him up because next week on Rico Bronia, <laughs> we have a very very special week. We're gonna have two episodes, and we're gonna call the week Trade Week. Trade Week is a is a week I've been looking forward to for a very long time. Two episodes of Trade Week. In episode one of Trade Week, we will go through trades, trade ideas, trade ideas that people on Twitter have, trade ideas that I have. But we ask everyone to try to make it as realistic as possible. I'm going to try to make it as realistic as possible. Uh, A lot of those trades will involve dumping a bad contract, such as James McCann. But let me just give you a hypothetical. When we're talking about James McCann, don't bring back Shohei Otani. (laughs) Like, this isn't MLB the show where we're forcing through a trade. We're going to try to work our way through realistic trades. And I've got a few of them for James McCann. I've got a few of them that you may say, no, I'm not making that trade. Maybe a few of them you'll say, that's a great trade. Send James McCann to St. Louis. So next week on the Rico, we will have an episode devoted to fictitious but realistic trades. But that's not all. Another episode I'm very much looking forward to is something I would never do on WFAN. It should be banned from WFAN. In fact, every time a caller calls up with these ideas, I yell at them. But on a podcast, on the Rico Bronia, it's very different. We will have an entire episode dedicated to Mets-Yankees fake trades. That's right. (laughs) We're going to bring on a Yankee fan, Big Mac Chris McMonigle. Pete Hoffman will be here. I will present the Met Yankee trade and we'll see if Yankee boy and Met boy either both say yes or both say no. 
That's coming up next week on Rico Bronia. Coming up this week, by the way, we will talk about our favorite random Mets of all time. So if you have some random Mets that you loved as a kid growing up, definitely tweet at us at Evan Roberts WFAN at whatever the hell your Twitter handle is. At the Hoff, Hoff, at the Hoff WFAN. At the Hoff WFAN. There you go. We'll obviously address that. And then if there's any kind of breaking news, we'll jump in with podcasts reacting to it. But it's going to be an interesting time. Obviously, the big three free agents are the headlines, but the free agents we discussed today are also going to be really important. But expect them to kind of trickle in after the Mets get their decisions or announcements are made considering around Nimo, Diaz, and DeGrom. But we got a lot of material coming up on Rigo Bronia. We hope you listen. Uh, check out Pete with Tiki and Tyranny. I'm with Craig, 2 o'clock on the fan. Thank you for uh, engaging us and listening to another edition of Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.